I looked away, Derek and the Dominoes leading us off at the top of this 6 o'clock hour. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dudes. I'm Tanner Marler alongside Cody Blazak. We're bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all your Mississippi State athletics. And boy, Cody, what a weekend it was in Mississippi State athletics. Getting the win over Memphis, volleyball grabbing a win, a big weekend for fall sports here on campus. Obviously, the highlights going to this Bulldog football team thumping Memphis in the season opener at home with a huge rain delay, 49-23. to Cody, what a performance. It felt good to win by a lot. It did. 26-point victory. Call it four it? touchdowns and two uh, two missed extra points. Yeah. What did we say the the spread was coming into the game? Wasn't it 17, 17 and a half or 17? 17 flat. 17 even. flat. So you come out, you win by – obviously you you beat the spread. I mean, you, you cover. You cover. You cover comfortably. Comfortably, very comfortably. Which, again, like you said, especially after that long of a rain delay, a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay, I believe, or hour-and-a-half or something like that, a huge momentum builder, and I think a huge sign going forward. A good sign. It was. It, I just the the only thing I really have to say about it is it was it was nice to not have to stress yeah. the entire game. Yeah, because you get to usually stress. All right, I stressed for about four minutes before we scored. Whatever. But usually stress after that. When we when we scored, it was kind of like I, I feel comfortable. I'm 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 happy where we're at. Oh, let's just keep going up, and it, and that's what it felt. All they did. I mean, obviously the one pick Will had wasn't. I mean, not the best you, throw. But here's the deal. And if you're if you're going to watch an air raid offense and expect there to not be interceptions in limited quantities, you're insane. When you're throwing the ball 50 times a game. There's going to be interceptions. That's part of it. However, it's what you do aside from those interceptions that truly sets yourself apart. And Will Rogers did just that. He did not take his foot off the gas the entire game. And that's what we needed to see out of a guy that has Sunday hopes after this season. 77% for Will. What he threw? 38 of 49 not bad. Five touchdowns, 450 yards. And you had been talking about him quite a bit. Caleb Ducking, three receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. That downfield threat is what this team needs. Somebody to take the top off of defense when they start noticing and start playing and start guessing on these dink and dunk short routes that the air raid is all about, and that's not a problem. But that downfield threat and Rodgers having the ability to push the ball down the field to a big target really adds another dimension to this offense that it needed. 12 different receivers caught a ball. Huge stat right there. Huge stat. Because you remember how we were talking about replacing the production that you lost with Makai Polk. I thought, I still think that it can be done by one person because I think Ra Ra Thomas showed us that he's a legit guy. He's that dude. But this game also showed that it can be done by committee. Spreading the ball out, getting a tons, and I mean tons, of guys the ball in positions to make plays. And they made plays. 
Rufus Harvey may be the most improved player in the SEC. He really may be. Ra-Ra Thomas looks like he could have a future on Sundays. Caleb Ducking has a Sunday body. If he can put that to work, this this team could really scare some people. And, and the whole committee thing, I wasn't – yes, it would be nice to see one player take Makai Polk's role, but the fact that Will can throw to 12 guys and trusts 12 guys gives you a gives lot you a of options. huge amount of options and gives you a huge boost going forward. Something else, Cody, that I kind of want to highlight. Now, we know it was, a, it was a blowout, right? We know that. But you rush for 100 yards. Which kind of surprised me. I'm happy about it, but... Very happy. 113 yards. I mean, they, Dylan Johnson, 67. Woody March, 12. Or 67. Dylan, uh, Dylan Johnson, 67 yards. Woody March, 36. But Woody March did a lot of damage through the air, I felt. He's one of the best receiving backs in the SEC. 547 yards of total offense. Almost, almost doubled Memphis's yards. They were sitting at 294. Very comfortable on offense. The one thing moving, and I know it's the first game, but the one thing that worries me moving forward is turnovers. Will Will had an interception, but he also lost a fumble. Yeah, which I again I, I go back to saying this, and I, I will say it until we get a true test of this offensive line. This team can be very, very dangerous and give other teams in the SEC real problems if they can keep the quarterback standing, if they can keep the pressure off Will Rogers. Dollar Bill didn't look bad at left tackle, but he's playing against Memphis. He's playing against American Conference talent off the edge. What happens when we, met, when we meet that SEC talent off the edge in week three? And now we're going to talk about this on Hot Takes later this week. We know, I don't think LSU is very good by any means, but every SEC team is going to have a good edge rusher. That, I don't, I don't want to say LSU wasn't very good at the moment just because I don't, Florida State was one of those teams at the beginning of the year that had a lot of questions surrounding them, whether they're legit or not. And you saw, and I know it was a lot of stuff going on in that fourth quarter but that it, ended up making that game close between LSU and FSU, but nonetheless, LSU did only lose by a point and very well almost made that game go into overtime. So I think on a talent aspect, Cody, I think they win that game. I think play calling is what lost them that game. Which I, I think that's something that Brian Kelly will adapt to throughout the season. Hopefully he doesn't adapt to it until after we play them. I really them. don't think he will. I think he's too stuck in his ways. Because he I mean, plays, say, foot, we, he, he coaches football like it's the 1980s, and Florida State did a lot of the same thing. I don't think either of those teams are going to be very good at the end of the season. But I mean, you you got Florida State running halfback toss on the goal line. Yeah, you he'll adapt though because we said the same thing about Mike Leach. He's going to be stuck in his air raid. But you see, I mean, we but just had a hundred yards, the, we, and then you just got a recruit as a dual threat quarterback. But we know the air raid works at least in the modern era of football because it's with the times. I'm not sure that that FSU offense or even that LSU offense are with the times. And now there's the potential of them losing half of their receiver room. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. And there's absolutely no better way to drain a team's morale than to have an extra point block to lose a game in your first game of the season in New Orleans. You want to call that a neutral site game, you can lick my boot. That was an LSU home game, and they lost. 
Well, and there were more FSU fans there than LSU, it looked like. I don't believe that. I mean, LSU did not show up for that. I think they did. I think at that po- by the point we were watching the game, they were just all drunk on Bourbon Street. But either way, to kind of get back on point here with Memphis, Mississippi State, not only a phenomenal game for the offense, in which the offense really did strut their stuff, another phenomenal game for the defense, I think. Jet Johnson was all over the field. Seven unassisted tackles, six assisted tackles, 13 total tackles. That's what you want out of your mic. I mean, he's the third highest graded returning linebacker in the country. That's what you want. Jet Johnson, I think, is another guy that after this season should be playing on Sundays. Now, whether it, you know he'll get taken early because he's, you know, because he's a super high energy guy, I don't know. He's still undersized for the position at the next level, but he's got that it factor. He's got that dog in him, Cody. Well, and I think going into the season, we knew he'd be that guy on the defensive end of things. But if you want me to be honest. I didn't think we'd be seeing 13 tackles in game one. Oh, I did. I mean, he's going to be a 10-plus tackle guy every game, I feel like. He's in every pile. He's all over the field. He is sitting tied 24th in the nation in tackles in one game. Remember now, there are teams that have played two games. Player with the most tackles right now, 23. He's 10 away, and if he keeps this up, he'll he'll surpass that. Jackson Mitchell from UConn is leading that right now. Well, the defense, tied tied with Eddie the Williams from FAU. Stay. The defense the defense does stay on the field quite often for UConn. So, you know, do with that information what you will. But not only a great game I think for you know Jet Johnson, but I think it was a solid game for the defense. Now, if there's one area where Mississippi State has to improve as the season goes on. It's on defense because, you know, you're not going to score 49 points every game, especially in the SEC. If you can average 30, you're going to, you're going to have an eight-win season. But the defense has got to limit the home run plays. And, you know, I know, I know Memphis scored 23 points, but they also had 14 of those in the fourth quarter where it was, the game was kind of winding down like – but I think that's I think that's a sign, Cody, that you're taking your foot off the gas, which you cannot do in the SEC. Well, in the SEC, obviously, but when you're when you're up, but it's a it's it's a game of habits, Cody. Is what no, I'm no, saying. no, correct. I, I think it is one of those things that we might need to watch a little bit as the season goes on. But at, at the moment, I'm not incredibly worried about it. I'm not incredibly worried about it, but but I think it it warrants some concern. It's not like I'm losing sleep over it, but I think it warrants some concern. We'll get to uh, – we'll have a little Arizona preview on Thursday, but at the moment, State is an 11-point favorite. And, you know, that, that line may seem kind of slim, but I promise you, you know, we, we, we joke a lot about Arizona before this season starts, and I still don't believe they're going to be a very good football team but they're not this team that's going to win. They're going to win more than one game this year. I can promise you that. They've already tied their win total from last year with one, but they're going to win more than one game this year. They've got, a guy, they've got guys that can make plays. 
in the past two years, they haven't really had that. Now they do. That quarterback they've got, he's a threat. He is a threat. And we'll dive more into that on Thursday, like Cody said, hopefully with some guest appearances as well. But it's a game that I think you have to watch, but I think it's also a game, Cody, that this hour and a half to two hour, two hours and a half, however long it was, rain delay prepared you for. Because now Pac-12 after dark doesn't seem so scary to me after watching – you know, Mississippi State football at 1.30 in the morning live. Game will be 10 o'clock. It really isn't – it's it's after dark here. It's yeah. like, what is it, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock there? Yeah. So, like, like it's normal kickoff time. It's just we'll be up until 2 o'clock watching that it's game. It's Pac-12 after dark, man. It's one of the best things of college football. <laughs> Pac-12 after dark. I love it. I just, love it. Wrapping some things up here from Saturday's game. More or less interested to find out who Will Rogers' go-to guy is. I I know you you look at the stats and Ra-Ra Thomas has the most yards, most receptions. You got Rufus Harvey behind that. Tolu after that. I I really think Ra-Ra's your guy. I think we need a big play. We're going rah rah. I, I think, I think big plays will go rah rah. But I think I think you take chances during the game. You're going to be seeing a lot of Caleb Duff. Oh, I agree. I think that I, again. I, I've I've said it since the start of the season, since preseason. I think Caleb Ducking has a chance to be that downfield target, that jump ball guy that this offense has really been missing over these past two seasons. If he can be that guy, that makes it adds another ma- dimension that, to the offense. It just makes State's offense. I don't want to say scarier, but oh, it makes it scarier. scarier. You can say that. I mean, I think that it's completely warranted. If he's that downfield guy and he runs clean routes with that kind of build and that kind of athleticism, it is scary. And I, I want to kind of highlight a play that you may remember. There was a play in that game. It was really the only super deep ball that Rodgers threw for six. Down the field, opposite sideline, two ducking. He didn't have his man beat by a lot, but he had him beat. And Rodgers put that ball the only place he could have, which was straight into the outstretched hands of Caleb Ducking at about the 10-yard the line. And all Ducking had to do was stick his hands out, and it landed there in stride. If Rodgers can keep that kind of ball placement up, you can throw guys open instead of them having to break down their man on the route and beat them by five yards. If Rodgers is turning into the kind of quarterback that can throw guys open downfield, the rest of the SEC better watch out. I will I will preface this. We talked about rushing earlier, and I just did a little math. If you factor out Will Rodgers' sacks and the lo- the yards lost, they actually rushed for 113 yards. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Oh, 113, I not counting Rodgers' sacks. I, that's scary with an air raid offense. And I understand we played Memphis, but if 
they keep that up. Well, you've got that two opens of the more a lot of things. You've got two up. of the more experienced and more talented backs in the in the conference. I think you should expect to see them get more carries. I, I think you should ex- you should expect. I really, I realistically think this year, seventy five rush yards a game can be the average, which is insanely good for an air raid scheme. I mean, if you're getting seventy five to eighty rush yards a game, that's next level. That keeps the defense guessing. That lets your quarterback throw it around the yard, and your wide receivers get to have a lot of fun. We'll get more with football maybe towards the end of this show. We'll obviously get the preview going on Thursday, but other Mississippi State sports action and soccer Thursday stayed undefeated. Not the result we hoped for, but we did tie South Alabama 0-0. Then on Sunday, we beat Louisiana Tech 2 to one, they still are undefeated, sitting at a record at four zero and two. And that's a South Alabama team, Cody, that you kind of prefaced going into the game was red hot on offense. And I mean, red hot. I don't think they'd been held scoreless in a match this season up until that point. They also were undefeated going into the match. Still are undefeated with a tie, but st- both teams trying to break that undefeated season. Both un- unsuccessful. I think this women's soccer team is really going to be something to watch in, in the season. For for I, the defense I, is absolutely legit. Six and zero is obviously the hope, but four zero and two. I mean, undefeated is undefeated. Yeah. Unless you finish a season with all ties, I ain't call it. That's a ridiculous way. If that were to happen, that would be neat to see. It would be cool, but. I'm not mad about them tying a team that's red hot on offense. I'm not at all. Because if you have that kind of defensive prowess where you can go in and shut down a team that has basically scored at will the entire season, now the offense, I think, will come. I think the offense will come. But that defense has been there, and it will continue to be there, and you can rest upon it. You can put it in the bank. They State has, I don't want to call it a streaky offense, but it is relatively streaky. The, yeah. the defense is usually hot solid. Maddie Anderson is now a junior, I believe. She may be a senior. Junior, I believe, yeah. But she, and what's crazy is she played very well her freshman year. She didn't allow last year more than two goals in any match. This year, she's playing even better. So just to see the growth in her career at State has been just incredible to watch. Obviously, I, I, I mean, when you're that goalkeeper of a team and you're trying to keep them undefeated as they are right now, you, you got to be satisfied with what you're doing. I, I just I, these Lady Dogs, that soccer team. Is looking very, very good at the moment. Going to try good. and keep it going Thursday. Two days away, they're going to be at Southern Miss, 4 o'clock tip-off. little in-state rivalry. Hoping uh, the dogs can keep that going. Thoughts on that one? I mean... We really won't know exactly where this team is until we get to conference play, and that's the same across the nation. But they've got some big wins, and like you said, some impressive. The the two ties, I think, are just as impressive. They've got a, a pretty commanding victory over La Tech. Now, that one, 
you know, might have went down to the wire. But either way, a 2-1 victory there. A victory over Minnesota, I believe. I don't think they tied that one. So, so far, all signs are pointing upwards. I will just say this. I, I think I think State takes care of takes care of um, Southern Miss very very easily. Ole Miss or Southern Miss is zero three on the season. I, I think I think I think that I think they take that. One. I think they take that one. Moving on to another undefeated women's team in the Lippy Invitational went three zero in that one. Defeated Lipscomb three to nothing. Oklahoma three to two and Ball State. Three to nothing. The most impressive athletic performance of a Mississippi State team this weekend was not the football team. It was the volleyball team. Mainly for that game, that match against Oklahoma. You go down two sets to nothing early, and they rallied back to take the last three straight for the victory over Oklahoma. That shows grit. That showed fight. That showed effort, and that showed depth, which is what this team has got to have to get over the hump and make it deeper into the tournament than they did last year. And, Cody, I think they're well on their way to doing it. Some big-time stat lines from that game. Lauren Myrick finished with 18 kills. Behind her was Gabby Waden at 17 kills. Deja Robinson had seven blocks. Uh, Mississippi State side here, I don't know – where that one's from, Mississippi State side here. Um, the article summing up the weekend and the tournament in general uh, says Gabby Wade in the tournament MVP powered home 25 kills for a 420 attack percentage and tacked on six digs of one block. So I don't know which one of these is correct. This is off the Mississippi State site. In Oklahoma. at Against Oklahoma. Yeah, this she is for the entire turn. Okay. She had 17 kills for the Oklahoma. For the, for the Oklahoma set. Or the Oklahoma match. Okay, this is for the entire tournament I'm reading here. So, Gabby Wayden, tournament MVP, by the way. Lauren Myrick, another all-tournament pick. 16 kills and 7 digs and 1 block. And Gabby Coulter also made the all-tournament team. A double-double performance, I believe, against Oklahoma. Or, uh, I believe it is actually... More than that, 62 assists and 12 digs. We also saw Lily Gunter selected as the SEC Co-Defensive Player of the Week following the sweep in Nashville. Some, some, a lot of honors this weekend for that women's volleyball team. A huge list of honors as this team continues to grow and Coach Dennis continues to see this team grow and unfold before could be a very special season in Newell Grissom. Newell Grissom, now that you mention it, now that I mention it, Bulldogs coming back to the Gris for the first time this season for the Maroon and White invite. That is this weekend, I believe. Bulldogs play host to Kennesaw State on Thursday, Houston on Friday, and South Alabama on Saturday. So about this time next week, we'll be able to bring you even more Bulldog news, and hopefully they stay undefeated. And we'll come out of that weekend 9-0. and Be one of the more impressive records in the country, Cody. Once they get through that, they'll get to the last of their invitationals, the Michigan Invitational, where they'll be playing Bowling Green in Michigan. After that, they will start off conference play 
at home September 21st on a Wednesday against Georgia. Tip time, our first serve is set for 7 o'clock on that. So just a couple weeks away from the start of SEC play, I think they have a very, very legitimate chance of finishing 10-0 to start the season out in these invitationals. I agree, and if they do, it's huge momentum going into SEC play. And I'm not saying they're going to leave SEC play undefeated. I don't think that's a realistic scenario to hope for. But nonetheless, it has the makings of a tournament team. And based off of last year's success, in who we're keeping and how the momentum is going, I see them as a tournament team. What's crazy to me is they're still not a ranked team. They had 67 votes for the AVCA coaches poll. Well, they haven't. Granted, up to this point, they've played, I I believe, only two very competitive teams in Notre Dame and Oklahoma. That's going to change. You're going to put Illinois that won in three at number 25 over Mississippi State? Uh, Depends who they've played. You still have one one win. uh, Again, uh, Ohio State is sitting at number eight at one and three. Again, all, uh, it depends who they play. We know they. We know the coaches' poll last year, especially, wasn't very kind to Mississippi State. We know that these girls have an uphill battle, and they know that. The RPI has State sitting at twenty six. I believe that is from last year, though. It is from last year. This year, though, the poll was through games September fourth, which would have been Sunday. Had well, it was sixty seven votes ahead of them at 68 was Miami of Florida. So they are creeping their way up there. I'll say this. If they aren't going to put them in the top 25, if they if they went out this next I think they will. Invitational. If they don't though, don't rank them all season long. Let them play with that under their belt. And I know that won't happen, but you know that'll light a flame. And it's just I, we had talked to coach Dennis last year about this and she was like we don't care about the rankings and it's just one of those things where it's just a number and she told us that big deal if they want to they don't if not we have something more to play for again the coaches poll and I always say this has so much in terms of big school bias and, and just kind of historical volleyball school bias that it's tough for a team like Mississippi State to crack that top 25. Now, they're on the cusp of it. I think if they make it through this Maroon and White Invitational, you know, I think they're in. I mean, at that point, you're 9-0. and I think it's hard to put a team that's 9-0 and outside of the top 25, no matter who they've played. But it's not like you're playing, you know, it's not like Georgia Tech's rolling in here this weekend. It's not like, you know, Pitt's coming here to play this weekend. You're playing Kennesaw State. Houston, you know, these these are these are games that you should win just based off of the sheer size of your school and your recruiting pool alone. So I think they wind up ranked, but I don't see them taking a huge jump after this tournament. We will find out more and we will see more, I think, when SEC play hits. A little, a little something to watch, obviously. They won't play until Friday again. Or was it Thursday? They'll be playing this Thursday. weekend. Thursday. They'll be playing it's Thursday, Thursday Friday, and Saturday this weekend at the Gris. 
Switching gears back into football to wrap things up. Obviously, traveling to Arizona next week, have a 10 p.m. kickoff. It'll be on Fox Sports 1. Over on Fox for Pac-12 after dark. State is sitting at as an 11-point favorite. The over-under is 59-and-a-half at the moment. State scored 49 their first game. Arizona scored 38 their last game. First game, uh, they both played first game, so we're just stats based on first game. Total yardage, State is about 80 more, almost 90 more than Arizona, sitting at 547 to 461. Defensively, State allowing 294, Arizona allowing 232. Here's the kicker. Pass yards allowed for Arizona was only 62 to the 170 yards allowed on the ground. And obviously, only one game that they've played, that was against San Diego State, who they defeated 38-20. to Who is a bad football team. Just straight up a bad football team. So, high, high hopes going High on. hopes. They have and yet to see a passing offense like this. Th- this is something I'm going to try to do throughout the season. I'm not going to try and get ahead of myself, but after that convincing win against Memphis. But you're going to get ahead of yourself. I'm not getting ahead of myself. I, I think this is a real possibility. I really think that we have a solid chance, especially seeing how LSU played, of going four and zero into the A and M game, I think that's a, I, I think it's a like I think it's a possible scenario. I'm not gonna say it's likely, because again, this game is in Death Valley. I'm not gonna say it's likely, but I think it's possible. So, and like I, I'm trying, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. It's just based on everything that happened this week. It makes me a little more comfortable to say. And now I won't say this right now. I will think about it. A&M did not impress me at no, all. me either. And I, I, don't think they they, I, don't, my, I truly don't think they have a quarterback. Uh, they were one of my biggest questions going into the season. We'll get through those four games and then we'll play them. Leading up to that, though. In Starkville, mind you. That game is in Starkville against A&M. Leading up to that, they will face Appalachian State this week, who they are a 19-point favorite against. They will host... And until the new rankings come out, the number 16 team in the nation, Miami. After that, they'll be hosting the number 19 team in the nation, Arkansas. Then they'll travel to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. If Arkansas can beat them down, uh, maybe Mississippi State can finish them off. Who knows? Well, and I, I don't – you're going to go through two uh, – Miami, relatively good opponent. You're, yeah. you're going to get two tough opponents before us, and – this is a big th- – I hate to bring a hockey analogy in this, but when you're leading into games like this, you want other teams to beat the life out of them, wear them down. In hockey, a big thing in the playoffs is when you're who'd already you on – Who would you play the series before? No, no, no. It's, it's, if you're already advanced, you're rooting for that ga- that series that you'll oh, be yeah. playing to go to, seven, go games. to seven games. You want them worn out out of their well, minds. I think it's the same in every sport, really. I mean, baseball, you want them to wear out their arms. Basketball, you want them to tire out their legs. I mean, it's every sport that's like that. But I agree with you a lot. And I think there's no better team for A&M to play before us 
than a team as physical as Arkansas. I've never seen this on the matchup predictor on the ESPN Power Index. At the moment, Miami and A&M, the win predictor has them both sitting at 50%. 50.0. I have never seen it like that. Jeez, that's, that's tough. That's so tough. if if matchup predictor knows all about it, maybe we get a good game. I, this is this is what I don't like about it though, because when you go and look at the Arkansas A and M game, A and M is fifty four point six, and I think Arkansas is a lot better than Miami. I so agree. it's one of those things. We'll we'll get more on leading into this A and M game. I think that A and M game, depending on how A and M season goes, and we see how what unfolds with them if they're legit or not. And and hey, something to watch here. North Carolina is, is probably bad this year, not gonna lie. But App State did just give them an absolute run for their money. That's not supposed to happen. I'm not saying App State's God's gift to football. App but they're State no pushover. Was, App State was undefeated a couple years ago, were oh, they yeah. not? Something like that. They're very. They're, look, they've they got a program. They're building a program over here in App, App State. Let me tell you, they're building a program. It'll be uh, something to watch as the season unwinds. Obviously, only week one just gone by for us. State will have. It'll be some fun to watch as the season unwinds. We will be getting more of that action in the coming weeks, but. Until then, we'll talk to you again on Thursday to get a little Arizona preview. For Tanner Marler, I'm Cody Blazak. We'll talk to you then.